This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London Cup semi-final podcast and I've never said that before. My name is Billy Grant, smiling yet again. This has been a great year, 2021. It's only been a few days, but it's still been great. And uh, we're in the Cup semi-final. We are playing Tottenham in the Cup and this is a massive day for Brentford because it is the furthest we have ever got in any Cup at any time in our history, other than the World Cup, but we won't talk about that. But um, So I'm very, very excited, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my buddies Laney and the Allard. How are you doing, Laney? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Yeah, um, I'm obviously quite excited about this one. It's, uh, it's a game that's for the first time in our lifetimes. We've played um, Tottenham at this stage. You know, we played them before, but uh, not, not for a game of this significance. So, uh, yeah, I really can't wait. Bring that one on. Bring it on. And we've got the Allard in the house as well. How are you doing, the Allard? Yeah, I'm very good um, and really looking forward to Tuesday night. Um, I'm looking forward to it even more, um, somewhat because we didn't play on Saturday. So I, I really think that we can go full pelt at this. That's right. I mean, we're not going to go into it too much, but it's one of those scenarios where football is part of our life and we really need the football and when that game was called off against Bristol City we were all a little bit gutted because we wanted something to do on Saturday afternoon but in a flip side it might have actually kind of done us a bit of favours because we had a, a few injuries we had a few things that were going down which weren't great you know for the bees and we just thought tell you something if we've got a little bit of a rest on Saturday which we have got you know by not playing Bristol City actually might come into our favour we might actually even play a full strength side against Tottenham on Tuesday but anyway we'll come on to that in a little bit because we have got an absolutely bumper podcast for you today at this cup semi-final podcast we're going to hear from XB Darren Powell, who reminisces on Brentford's two matches against Spurs in the 1998 promotion season. That's our promotion season, by the way. We got promoted in 1998. And Darren Powell, key player in that season. We had two games against Spurs, which are excellent. He's going to talk about that. We've also got another Powell, Chris Powell, the England coach and Spurs head of coaching. And he's also the ex-Charlton the ex-Huddersfield and the ex-Derby manager. And he gives us his thoughts on the match and on Brentford. 
and on Tottenham as well. And also we've got Will, the spreadsheet winker. He's going to give us a statistical lowdown on Spurs. We've got Jonathan J.B. Birchall, who gives us his League Cup stats and also facts on the Bs. And also Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. He's going to give us the lowdown on Tottenham Hotspur. So listen, we've got a big, big, big podcast going out. Just big, big shouts going out to all the Bees fans out there who have supported us over the Christmas and the New Year period. But listen, we're going to come back and we're going to have a little chat about the Spurs. So Tottenham Hotspur at White Hart Lane. And it's not the first time that Brentford have been to White Hart Lane in the, well, in the, say, say the near future. It's actually quite, quite, quite a long time ago. Um, we've played them six times, actually, in the past, what, 30-odd years. And, and the first time was in 1993. There was, uh, again, it was the League Cup. Again, I, I keep on forgetting what, I don't know if it's the Worthington Cup or the Littlewoods Cup or what the Cup was at the time. But it was the League Cup, as it's called then as well, 1993. And again, that was a... Uh, that was a big time for Bees because at those days, you know, all of a sudden, like I said, a few years earlier, we played Liverpool in the FA Cup um, quarterfinal. We got there and uh, we got promoted to the, what is now the championship. And then uh, we, in that same year, they got promoted to the championship. Like I said to you, we ended up, I think it was that same year, wasn't it? It was the following year. Anyway, we ended up playing Spurs in the Cup. And I have to admit, I don't remember this game too much but I know yeah, you guys I, do I you? remember it because it was you know as you said it was really exciting it was we just got promoted to the second tier and uh, you know it, it was early on in the season we, we'd beaten Fulham um, in the in the first round um, of the of the of the cup beat them home and away 2-0 um, and then we got we drew against Spurs and you know the first the first leg was was away, um, and I just I just remember we went there and we played pretty well. Um, Blissett scored for Brentford, um, and it and it, it it really I think I, I remember Lee Luscombe um, playing so so well, and I, I stood on the at the lower low. It, with, we, I think we had kind of to the right. We, we didn't have that corner. Normally we're stuck in that corner at the old White Hart Lane. Obviously, Bill, this is a new stadium, um, and we were we were sort of bottom right. I, me- I remember the, the stewards were complete pigs that that day as well. Um, and I, you know, I, I take, excuse me if I'm wrong. I think we took the lead, um, or we or we equalised at least. But then I think Jury scored an absolutely incredible goal. And Teddy Sheringham scored as well, so it was a it was a pretty good Spurs team, and we pr- we really gave a good of a good of account of ourselves over the two legs. Scored two goals um, back at Griffin Park. Um, you know, Sheringham got a couple, uh, and then Anderton, Anderton scored as well. So, you know, there were some big big names in that team for Tottenham, and I, I thought, you know, it, it was a, it set us up for a you know a promising couple of legs and I thought it was going to be a better season than it ended up you know it was a real Jacqueline and Hyde season wasn't it for Brentford um, lots of highlights but obviously ended in relegation yeah absolutely I mean I, I remember um, I, I, we went up on public transport we got off at one of the I guess one of the tube stations that is a million miles away from the ground and I remember the walk being like very very long um, and it was really exciting and I think at that point you know we still had plenty of hope for that season we were probably going quite well at that time um, I think our dipping form came after Christmas, didn't it? Um, so we were, you know, we, we, we'd set ourselves up. We, we, we looked okay. We looked like we were going to be able to, com- to compete. I don't think we'd had too many injuries at that point, although I do remember Bob Booker being stretched off during that, during that very game, I think. I think he came on as a sub and got stretched off. 
um, if I remember rightly. And and like you said, it was a really exciting um, you know Tottenham side to play against. Um, I mean, there was I'll just quit looking at it now. There was Ian Walker was in goal, Sedgley, Vandenhal, Cundy, Ruddock all played, Darren Anderton, and of course Teddy Sheringham, who who you know absolutely fantastic player. Um, so it was yeah, it was a, it was a. I remember it being a good atmosphere, um, lots of bees travelling, and um, you know. And the other thing about it was was that it was nil nil. So we went into the game not nil. It was nil nil, obviously, because it was the first leg rather than the other games. It was the second leg. So we went into the game, you know, with plenty of hope. You know, we hadn't sort of already already played the first leg and, and we're a few goals down or something like that yeah I mean bees I mean the bees fans I, I, I do vaguely remember you know certain instances about it again this is one where I remember more being on the terraces to start I mean we had 3,000 fans there Lee Luscombe like you said you know he, he had a great game bees actually played very well roughly from what I can remember and probably the score kind of was uh, it didn't really reflect the game as such I mean I think Barrett, Gary Blissett scored an equaliser um, just after just after half time, I think it was. But I remember Laney. Those those were the days when we just come back from Falkirk. We were going up to Falkirk quite a lot as Brentford fans to go and see ex bees players have played up there, like you know Tony Parks and Richard Cadet. And one of the things that we had learnt up at Falkirk when we went there was shoes in the air, where you'd actually took your shoes off, and all the football fans in Falkirk were just sort of kind of like jumping up and down on the terraces with their shoes in the air. And if I remember rightly, we. Didn't we do that down at Tottenham in, in the corner when we got down there as well? Shoes in the air and the Tottenham fans were very confused. Oh, sounds like everyone would have been confused, to be honest. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember. I, the only time I actually really remember doing that is uh, Swindon away in the Anglo-Italian, if I'm honest with you. I don't, I don't remember doing it at Tottenham, but I, 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 I'm not to say you're right. no, I'm not up to, again, you know, maybe I'll just make, I can make anything up and people will believe it's going to be true anyway. It doesn't matter, but, you know, going for that. And, and then the second leg as well, bit of an Ashley Bays moment, apparently. In the, in the second leg I mean Ashley Bays I completely forgot about him being our goalkeeper and he was uh, he was catastrophic at times and uh, he kind of fluffed it sort of fairly early on in that game for us and it was all over for us wasn't it yeah he, he was he was a bit of a liability wasn't he um, let's be honest with you that was that was one of my one of my cringiest moments was um, I remember going um, to an away game at Norwich and uh, I was sat on the coach and um there was there was this woman. Um, the team the teams had just come out, and we we just found out that Ashley Bays was playing in it. And this woman was in front of me, and she was just sobbing. And for some reason, I just said, "Cheer up, love. Ashley Bays isn't that bad." And the the other woman sat next to her went, "Her husband's just died." And I, and I went, "Oh no, oh no, oh no." So uh, yeah, Ashley Bays and that story are kind of like, "Oh God, I'm scarred by him." I <laughs> know, oh, and, and, and basically what's happened is that he, in effect, what he did is that there was a long-range shot that came into him from Tottenham and, it, and he just pushed it into the back of his net and that was it, it was all over. But listen, it, it was obviously wasn't to be because that season, you know, we weren't the B side that we were, you know, sort of, you know, a few years later when we came up against Tottenham yet again in the League Cup. This time, OK, yes, we were a couple of divisions below, actually. We were actually in the fourth tier. We were in sort of the third division. And we were a rebuilding side because we just got relegated. We got a new manager in Ron Nodes. Um, we got a whole load of new players. And uh, we were rebuilding our side. And to be honest with you, we didn't really know how we were going to do. But the signs were looking good when we started that season. And one of those players who was actually playing for us was Darren Powell. XB Darren Powell, who played for Brentford, just came in that season. We chatted to Darren Powell about those Spurs games and listen we've got his thoughts about what he thought about when we played Spurs back 
in 1998. Let's hear what he had to say. So Brentford have played Spurs before and we thought we're going to go back and reminisce a little bit and talk to a player who played in that Spurs game of over 20 years ago. We got Darren Powell from the Brentford promotion winning teams of 1999 and 2009 and like I say he also played in both matches against Spurs in the League Cup in 1998. Darren how are you doing? I'm good oh, god, oh my god 20 over 20 years god made me feel old. <laughs> it's quite scary isn't it Darren listen as well and the last time I saw you it was exactly I think it was two years ago at the Pride of West London besotted Pride of West London bees up that brewery which was a great night with yourself and Lloyd Awusu where we talked about lots of things lots of stories loads of fans in the house and that was a great night and we said we're going to catch up after that and I can't believe it's two years since we've actually done the catch up is it? No, I, I, I remember that. No, it was excellent. I um, I said to you afterwards, I, I you know, I'll, I'll be involved. I like to be involved with more of those kind of things. And um, yeah, had a really good night. Obviously, seeing Lloyd, Lloyd, who's um, obviously in Australia and stuff. I actually spoke to him a couple of days ago. But um, yeah, just catching up with with old faces, good old faces. That's right, and and the weird thing as well that event because we did loads of events. That was actually the last ever event at the yeah. the Fuller's Brewery because obviously they got taken over after then, and then we've had the pandemic, so everything's come to a Ooh. halt. So fingers crossed, when things go back to normal, maybe we might be able to squeeze another little bees up at the brewery. We might have to get you down there again for the next one. But oh, listen, I'll be up for it. That's right. I'm sure you will. But listen, you said um, at then you know you moved into coaching. And you were you were working for Crystal Palace. Is, is, that, is that still where you're at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've worked with uh, numerous uh, age groups uh, at Palace. Been there, it could be four or five years now. Um, so I've, I've done the the under 14s, 15s, uh, 23s, 18s. So yeah, just um, you know, trying my hand at all, all various ages, which is good. Good for my learning. Um, and yeah, just 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 working with uh, different individuals and different age groups. That's right. The four the four corners, Darren, on the four corners as well. Like you know that one. But um, we might have to bring in your little tactical now, a little bit later to see if you can actually unlock and come up with some ideas how we're going to beat Tottenham. But just going back to '98, I mean, you were bought in that season by Ron Notes. Uh, when Brentford were in the, the fourth tier, and I keep on mentioning this fourth tier because it's obviously very topical at the moment, that is then known as the third division. But little did we know, even when we played Spurs, you know, just a few months into that season, what a great team that would be, did we? Yeah, even going back all the many years ago, it was uh, for me, obviously, just playing in the team, you know, coming from the whole non league thing, just playing in the team regularly was a massive thing for, for myself. But then, obviously, getting drawn up against, uh, um, you know, Premiership club, you know, literally a couple of months into my season of being a, a professional was a was a massive thing. You always want to test yourself against the uh, so-called best. Yeah, I mean, and, and talk about those players, because like I said to you, a lot of them have just come out of grassroots football. You had players like Danny Boxall, the best fullback in history, who'd come from over from Ireland. You had... Uh, Old school man Jamie Bates was in the centre there with yourself, you know, yeah. Chris Coyne. You had Iger Anderson as well, who was sort of mm-hmm. kind of new and up and coming. You had this young Martin Rowlands, who was probably fairly popular at that time, probably less popular now with Brentford as well. And then you had, a, you know, players like a young and up and coming Andy Scott, you know, in, 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 mm-hmm. in the side as well. And, and Lloyd Awusu, who, 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 was, who, who was in that squad as well, who were, like I yeah. said, you really great players that came through. Interestingly, though, because when you played Tottenham, um, 
it was it wasn't the full Brentford team that went on to win the league at the end of that season because there was quite a few players that were actually missing yeah. and it, it makes me think you know yeah. maybe if we'd signed a few more of those players I mean Herman Hryderson was actually signed the day after the second Tottenham game for a start so he wasn't actually even in the side then yeah. as well and then we had players like was it Evans Gavin Marn had started know, yeah. you know Scott mm-hmm. Partridge they hadn't started do you think maybe if these players were in the side at that time we might have given Tottenham a game because we gave them a game anyway didn't we the thing is, it was um, <clears throat> for me. It was it was good a good balance. If you think about it, um, you know, through the spine of the team. If you think about it, you had uh, uh, Jamie Bates, who uh, God knows must have played a thousand games for Brentford, mm-hmm. um, and then you had the likes of Warren Aspinall, and then you had you know likes of people like Darren Freeman, who's been in and around it, and you know Scotty, um, uh, Andy Scott, who. You know, knew the leagues as well. I, I just felt with the young players as well. I felt we had a, a, a good balance. But in saying that, uh, obviously, halfway through that season, you know, with the likes of Memo and, and you know the players that you mentioned, the team just elevated itself. Well, it, it, you know, it, it elevated itself. So looking at it, it was a more more exciting team in terms of the players. The amount of goals that came out of nowhere. You know, with, with Evo scoring like 50 goals in like three weeks, you know, it's um, I, I believe we could have we, we could have given them a bit more of a game. Maybe, maybe we could have pulled it off uh, purely because of the amount of goals that that and chances that we was starting to you know uh, create second half of the season with all the new you know included included players that we got we brought in. Yeah, and, and that home game, I mean. 15th of September, 12,000 fans at Griffin Park. I mean, that must have been a big change from what you were used to as well. That, that must have been some buzz. And, and, and just going into that game, what was the what was the feeling like? The couple of days going into the game and, and, and even the, the, the day of the match? It was nervy. I admit, it was massive nerves in there. And I was saying to myself, I just don't want to go near David Ginola for him to go and embarrass me. Do you know what I mean? But uh, it was, um, yeah, it, again, it was, it was nerves. Uh, in it, but again, it was it was a situation where the underdogs. We we were just the underdogs, and I ultimately I, I like those scenarios. I love well, I love those scenarios that when you come up against these these teams. But obviously, after being West Bromwich, they give you confidence. You never know. You, you see it all the time when you play these these cup games. Uh, uh, you know that is say now it's, it's a one-off game, but you know it's just about that 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 90 minutes there's an opportunity that you know you lot can be the heroes so to speak you know so just going into that game again our confidence w- wasn't the best but it's an exciting opportunity for us to to, to you know to, to be so-called heroes and and you know talking about heroes I mean Spurs they came to Griffin Park like I said uh, they had a good side, you know, Saul Campbell, Stephen Carr, Colin Caldwood, David Ginola, as you said, uh, the old B, uh, Andy Sinton. But, but we actually went ahead. Um, Andy Scott, you know, put us ahead um, in, in that match. Did you, I mean, what was you thinking then when that happened? When that happened, in my mind, I'm saying to myself, God, we've got something to hang on to. <laughs> we've got something to hang on to now, rather than, you know, if you if you're in a situation where you got a goal down, and in the back of your mind, just saying to yourself against a Premiership team, oh God, it's going to be a long day. But once you go go ahead, in your mind, you say, okay, you got something to hang on to. Stay, keep yourself in the game. 
you know, just stay in the game, stay in the game, and for, because there's gonna be there's gonna be a period, there's gonna be a period where these these international players are, are gonna create a chance, an opportunity. So in my mind, you know, if you, you say to yourself, stay in the game, let's defend well. If we get another opportunity, a set piece or something, you, you know, then we can put them on the back foot. Because these big clubs, they don't want to come to these small grounds and, you know, just 11,000 stuff. Like, ultimately, you know, by giving yourself that platform to work off, I thought, my mind was, let's stay in the game. Let's make it as difficult as possible now. So you must have been pretty gutted, actually, when Chris Coyne, he kind of fluffed it. He kind of basically gave him a goal, didn't he? I don't know what he was doing there. I don't know what he's like it was a, a simple clearance. I was like a couple of yards away from him. Just put your foot through, put your foot, your whole foot free. But he's almost trying to volley it. I don't know why. And he's he's volleyed in. It's, he skewed it, and it's just spanned backwards. And you say, okay, shit, here we go. We we just have to go again. But again, we, we stuck with it. We just kept going, and it just showed you the the mental mentality of the of the team. You know that we never kept we we never stopped. We kept going. And, and that's all you can do, ultimately. Yeah, and after that, Agent Sinton, as we call him, he's a big player at Brentford. But then afterwards, he moved to he moved to Tottenham to keep you as yeah. well. And uh, mm. he basically kind of like he must have done the Agent Sinton thing because he must have been working for us because there was a mix up between him and their keeper that that, that, that gave us a goal, wasn't there? Like it was a split <laughs> second of, of madness because I just looked up and I'm seeing is it? I'm sure it's was it Friedman, Friedman through. And he just slides in. Quite what the? F- I said, what happened? And then I say to myself again, "Come on, let's stay in. It. Let's stay in there again. Let's make it difficult, you know." But um, yeah, it was it's topsy turvy, you know. Just out of the blue, they gave us a, a an opportunity to, to to get ourselves going again and get in, in front. But yeah, we just kept going. We just kept going. And and it must have been going because listen, you're like I said, you're a fourth tier side. Okay, they're big up Tottenham, and we're small little Brentford. We're in the, the, the third division at the time. Got a load of new, fresh players out and on league, and it's two all. And there's eight minutes to go. It looks like we're going to get a draw against Tottenham at Griffin Park, and then up pups Ramon Vega to score oh, the winning God. goal. That must have been gutting. Because I'm sure it was me who was marking him. <laughs> I'm sure it was me. I look around and I'm saying, Jesus, where's he come from? And then I just said, oh, for flip's sake, it's, um, he, he scored. But um, again, you know, we, uh, we went toe-to-toe with them. We, they threw a punch at us, we threw a punch back at them. And even they, you know, even at the end of the game, thinking to yourself, we, might, we can actually go there and, and pull something off. But yeah, after after you know, 85 or 84 minutes of, of sticking it, you know, sticking with him and, you know, creating chances and then for that, that set piece, the corner where I am sure it was me who, who lost him. It was going because to go in there, to go to the second game, you know, to all, anything can bloody happen. And, then, you know, anything can still happen even if you're going down, but, you know, it just puts them on edge as well. 
Yeah, it does. And the second game was a week a week later. I mean, as Bees fans, it's just like a holiday for us. I mean, everyone took the day off work. We were in the Antwerp Arms in Tottenham from midday. You know, uh, the game was 7.45 kickoff and Andy Scott scored within the first minute. And I can't believe I still missed the goal because we were still making our way into the crowd, even though we'd been oh, right. Tottenham for, for, for seven and a half hours. But we missed it. But we got there. We got there for the celebrations. But as soon as he scored that goal, it was game on again. It was even Stevens. And you, it must have really well you as a team uh, that was the mentality is that we just didn't even on the Saturdays we we, we would go anywhere we would go up north and we would just you know throw it to the opposition because it was just young and vibrant and, and youthful team you know just willing just to, to, to go out there and work work after each other and look to win a game and we did it again you think about it teams could have just sat off and just you know held on held on just being rigid and uh, uh, again, saying again, but we couldn't do that. We just first minute front foot, and uh, it ended up with Scotty scoring, and that was the kind of mentality on the front foot. Yeah, and then that Tottenham came back. Nielsen, Sol Campbell, and Chris Armstrong to pretty much put the game out of reach. I mean, I know Lloyd came up. He scored a goal at Tottenham, which he he will tell you about, and he and he remembers that one. Very proud of that one as well. But brilliant goal! It was a great goal, but it was it was all over by then for us, wasn't it? Let me say something. Let me say something. And I've, I've, you know, knowing I was going to have this conversation, I saw Sol Campbell's goal in this day and age. It's offside. Oh. It's offside. You go and have a look. You have a look in two phases of it. The two phases of it, he's offside. And when he ends up heading it, if it had VAR, he's offside. So that's just yeah, making that's me right. feel a bit better. But, um, that's, <laughs> that's right. Let's, 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 get, let's get to overturn the result, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. In terms of the club, the strides that the club's made, um, when I was obviously around Brentford, we were just, you know, trying to strive to get to um, the championship level and beyond. But they're now an established top-end, top-end championship team that I believe in no time is going to be in the Premiership. And um, just seeing them now in, in, in the five, um, semi-finals, one, I don't really like Tottenham. Two, I don't like Mourinho. I don't like Mourinho. So, as usual, I'm supporting Brentford all the way and I hope I hope they knock them out. That's right, that's I right. Hope. And listen, obviously, like you know, they've got some great players. They've got you know, Son, they've got Kane you know, in the middle of the field. What, you know, what are we going to have to do to try and nick a win off them? It's going to be interesting in terms of Tottenham because at the end of the day, if you watch how Tottenham are playing, they almost become this this counter attacking side. So they'll sit back and you know with with good numbers and and just literally play with two attacking players with wherever it's Song and yeah Song and Kane. But as it's a semi final against a championship team, um, it's it's their mentality. Are they going to be on the front foot or are they going to, you know, relinquish the possession and just wait for those opportunities against Brentford? I don't think they will. I think I think they will come out. I don't think they will try to show Brentford too much respect. And with that, that will create opportunities and space for, for, for Brentford to exploit because when Tottenham are open or expansive, they have at times, you know, been exposed. So it's just whether it's what Tottenham's mentality is. I know, I believe Brentford's still going to play with the same mentality, and that is you know they have good good energy, good possession. 
I love the combination. I love the exuberance of the, of the, of the side with, with the players that they've got. Good young players, good energy, attacking players. Um, so it's going to be a good game. It's just what Tottenham are looking to do, how they are going to have their game plan. Okay, so that'll be interesting as well to see whether or not our wingbacks will come into play, whether or not it's going to be a bit of a midfield battle as well, you know, whether or not we we had the big question, you know, is Norgard's fit? Is it going to be Norgard and Janelle? We might actually sort of throw them two into the midfield for once, you know, to see whether or not we can actually kind of, you know, we're sitting back, whereas Tottenham are sitting back and Brentford are sitting back waiting for one of us to actually attack. We don't know. Do you see that? Do you see Brentford doing that? No. I I can't see that. I don't, when I do see them play, I, I don't see them sitting back I see them looking to press especially last season I saw a bit more of them last season than I have this season but in, in terms of retaining possession and, and, and linking play they, they do it well I just don't see them sitting back and uh, um, just bringing Tottenham, Tottenham on that, that's just my thoughts Okay, we'll see. We've been a little bit more pragmatic this season, and we've been a little bit less, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. a little, a little bit less cavalier. I think maybe mm. due to some personnel that have left as well, and also due to the fact that we were losing games one nil a lot of the time. So maybe that might come into the play against Tottenham. But tell you something, you know, the pressure is completely off us, though, isn't it? That's it. That's um, that's the old um, uh, mentality, Brentford mentality that that I used to have when I was there. Is just you know, just uh, the, the underdog mentality um, no one's really going to be expecting apart well not apart from me apart from Brentford supporters but people expecting you know the likes of Harry Kane to turn up and Song to turn up and not giving Brentford too much of a, a chance but I still you know Tottenham Brentford have some good players good goal scorers Ivan Tony as well you know scoring goals for fun uh, the the silver as well. They've got good creative players, so um, I will be I will be hoping massively that they can give them opportunities to 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 attack Spurs, and they have shown their vulnerability. Okay, so listen, I'm going to ask you the question: How is the game going to pan out? And could you give us a little score prediction, Pauli? In my heart, <laughs> in my heart, I'm saying two one. To who? Brentford. Brentford. Okay. In my wow. heart. In your head? In my head. A realist. I've, I've got a feeling it, it, it won't be settled 90 minutes. I feel the, I, I feel it just go on. I think it'll go beyond 90 minutes. And, and with that, I'm just hoping if, if it does, if it did go to penalties, we, we can do it. But I'm, 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 I'm um, there's something in my mind saying that it will go beyond 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes. All right, so listen. So is, is that me? Is that is that me sitting on the fence too much? No, no, that, that, I, think, I think that'll do. I think I think we eked out a Brentford win there somehow. You know, you said that, which is all good. So listen, Darren Powell, it's been great chatting to you and it's been far too long. And listen, when everything is over, the light at the end of the tunnel is shining brightly. Fingers crossed later this year, we're definitely going to have our little get together. We're going to get all the ex-players as we do, the besotted social, and we're going to have a nice little knees up party thingy, whatever we do, um, and get everyone smiling and just get everyone having a lot of fun. And hopefully, We'll be celebrating not only a League Cup trophy but also promotion at the end of this season. That'd be nice. Two out of two, I'll take that. (laughs) And promotion. That's right, man. Anyway, 100%. 
All right, my Paoli. Nice chatting to you, man. Nice chatting to you. Hopefully see you soon once everything's sorted out, as you said. And um, good luck with the bees. I'll be rooting for them massive. So there you go. Darren Powell with the memories, fond memories he's got of Brentford as well. And those games, I mean, I don't know if it's for you, but I remember them a lot better than than the earlier games, which is, I suppose it's it's to be said as well, because I I don't know, that whole season was a fantastic season. And and I think part of the reason why is that they were so close, you know. Both the games were 3-2. You know, we went ahead in both of those games. It was that team, you know, when we had some great players, your Andy Scotts, your Lloyd Abusus, like, you know, your Iger Andersons. It's like, you know, there were certain Brentford teams which will go down in history, and that team will go down in history. And we went toe-to-toe with Tottenham in those matches didn't we Laney yeah we did and and you said you know the first leg we'd, we'd lost 3-2 at home um, and then we went to went to White Hart Lane and um, we were outside I think Andy Scott put us 1-0 up Is it, am I right yeah, yeah so that, that would have that would have brought the aggregate back to 3 all. Um, so we, yeah. we were kind of like desperate to get in at that stage was, there was a big queue um, still outside um, I remember it being really edgy around the, the, the ground that night as well there was there was kind of like it seemed to be a lot of near-do-wells um, out to uh, out to intimidate the away fans it's the first time I you know first time I kind of I kind of remember that at uh, Tottenham the rest of the games I guess I guess we've lost easily to be honest to them um, you know but so um, yeah so I, I remember getting in and there being a really cracking atmosphere in the corner um, but obviously you know we you know we, we we were up against another decent team that night and we lost we lost three two again but to go six four that's that's, pre- that's pretty good going I'd say and you know it, it was it was kind of quite proud to be a B over those two legs. And it was a bit of a gutter because and I suppose this is so typical Brentford. I mean in those days we weren't even you know we there wasn't even sort of kind of like you know all ticket games pretty much for Brentford. It, it was all pretty much pay on the day. So we weren't used to the idea of going to another ground and sort of finding it difficult to get in. So I remember, remember we, we all took the day off. Everyone took the day off. We went to the Antwerp Arms in, in Tottenham. We found this pub through the good pub guide because there was no internet really in those days. So we've got the old good pub guide. said, I found this pub fairly near. We went there pretty much took the pub over you know there's loads of bees fans in there i think it's still probably the days when i used to sort of mail out to people to for the meetups I used to put letters in the post and used to turn up in the post and everyone used to just just turn up and there must have been about 100 150 of us you know that used to turn up in that pub we had a great afternoon turn up there at midday went all the way into the evening a few Spurs fans turned up sort of towards the back end and they were they were alright they were not too bad but then when we left for the game and I can't believe we turned up at Tottenham at midday and didn't actually kind of get into the ground until after the first goal that was absolutely gutting to be got on this review we heard the cheer from outside and Andy Scott put them ahead so uh, by the time they came in the, the game was well and truly happening the Allard this, this game is a little bit cloudy for you isn't it well, it is, and, and what I was going to ask is, do you actually know anyone that saw the Andy Scott goal? Because because it seems to me, I, you, you know, like you have these events where millions of people claim to have been there, but there was only 2,000. This is like the, the opposite to that. I've never actually found anyone that was in the ground to see the goal. <laughs> well, no, no, Maybe actually. he didn't score. Well, he scored in both, he did score in both legs, so uh, he, he must yeah. have done. And the, the other similarity, obviously, between that cut run, and well, it wasn't a cut run, it was only like you know two rounds, and this, we, we'd knocked West Brom out 
um, in the previous rounds, something we'd obviously done in this this run as well. So uh, we knocked them out 4-2 over two legs, and uh, this time we it was probably an even even trickier game, wasn't it, going up to the Hawthorns and uh, coming away with the result. So yeah, there are kind of slight similarities between the two uh, two years. There are, and and I mean, there was that game, and like I said to you, we were a great team. We got promoted that year. Uh, a few years later, we were actually in the division above again, the the third tier, as it tier three, and we played Spurs again. And uh, there was two matches, and again, I remember that one because I was working at the record company that I was at, and I remember, remember I bought, I remember I bought a block of tickets for people. I think I bought sort of like 150 tickets for all sorts of characters, and we all met in the Garden of the Globe. And I've got a photograph. I've got to dig it out where you got the the flag, the flag that we had on the back wall. And there was just like just loads of people who, again, we'd all turned up from midday. We were in the globe drinking there all day. Um, Spurs fans that I know as well, who hopefully will be listening to this podcast as well, who uh, who were at that game, and obviously Bees fans. And uh, it was an absolutely great day. And then we played, like I said to you, Spurs, and we we, we drew nil all. No, I, I I do remember the evening. I remember being there was a, there's a picture of us in the uh, in the globe beer garden I think taken that night with a with a big besotted flag I think that was taken that night before the nil nil game but I, I do I do remember coming back to the pub afterwards feeling right we can we can go to Spurs and and sort of you know give them we, we, we'd scared them you know that 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 night so uh you know so you know again you know pretty it was a it was a pretty impressive yeah Saul Campbell got injured so he was out from that game which is uh, which is you know which was I was gutted actually being a the old England fan and sort of seeing kind of you know sort of one of the bees Fact, you know, players are kind of getting injured at Griffin Park, but like I said to you, at, at, at White Hart Lane, it was kind of like you know we we not say we didn't show up, but they they did a job on us two 0 there. You know, they're some great players. You know, they had Sherwood, they had Ferdinand, they had Ramon Vega, Stephen Carr. You know, we had the Ingemarsson, Folan, Mont, or Pinamonte, and obviously the Martin Rodens as well. So, um, like I said, you know, great reminiscing and looking back. But interestingly, you know, we've played Spurs, like I said, six times in the past or sort of thirty odd years or so, and uh, they haven't run away with it. And, you know, there's an argument to say that we are actually a better side than we were in the previous times that we met Spurs, isn't there? It, it's, it's not even an argument, is it? We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue that we, we, we aren't. No, certainly yeah, not. I'm trying to be diplomatic there. So, But anyway, look, that's a little, we've just gone into a bit of a reminiscent zone now. But look, we're going to look forward to the match on Tuesday night when we play Spurs. We're going to come back after a little twang and we're going to talk a little bit more about the League Cup. So there you go, and a bit of a reminisce about playing Tottenham back in the day, but bringing it forward to the present day, the interesting thing about Brentford, obviously we're in the Championship, we're vying to get into the Premier League, but we've had quite a lot of profile recently, and the one thing about getting a lot of profile is that people start talking about us. People start talking about us. People start noticing us. People start saying, you know, about the style of football. They start to learn a bit of history about our club. Um, if you want to learn a bit of history about our club, go to the last word on Spurs as well. I did a little piece for them. And then hopefully you'll hear a little bit more about what Brentford is all about. If you're a Spurs fan, go and check that out. But also other people have been coming to us and just tipping their hat to Brentford. And I've been chatting to a, a good friend of mine. Talk to him all the time. Chris Powell, I've known him for, for, for years now. We've gone back back in the day as well. And like I said to you, Chris has been looking at Brentford, seeing what they've been doing over the years. And uh, 
I said to Chris, Chris, you know, we're playing Spurs because Chris actually works at Spurs Academy now, if you don't know. Chris Powley used to be the Charlton manager, the Derby manager, the Huddersfield manager as well. But he also is the head of coaching at Spurs Academy. And he's also an England coach, coaches the England first team as well. And uh, I was chatting to him and I said, Chris, what do you reckon we're playing your Spurs? And he just said to me, tell you something, Bill. I just want to give props to your team. So listen, this is what Chris had to say about Brentford and our matchup with Spurs. Hi, Bill. It's Chris Powell here, uh, Tottenham employee and Tottenham fan from a young kid. It would have been great to have uh, sat next to you on Tuesday evening um, in the big semi-final. Uh, what a game. Great game for both sides. Obviously, Brentford, I've got a soft spot for many reasons, um, yourself included, um, and young Drew Yearwood, I know it didn't work out for him, but um, over the years it's always been great not only to go and watch football at Brentford, um, but to see the, the growth of the club and where they're at now. But Tuesday is special for many reasons. Um, Brentford, first semi-final in the history, um, and what an evening it will be. Got some good players right down the spine um, in Raya and Pinnock. De Silva, for me, has been the star alongside Tony. Um, you, you've got a great squad, a good blend, and play a good brand of football. So it'd be a real test for, for Tottenham. Um, obviously, we have been in a number of semi finals and we're hoping to go one better um, and get to the final uh, this year. Um, but what a shame that North London v West London, no fans there. A real shame. But I'm sure we'll all be watching uh, in our various guises at home, on iPads, on TVs, whatever. But listen, try and enjoy the evening. I'm going to try and enjoy the evening. And um, listen, watch out. We've got one or two players I think you've got to watch out for as well. But... Um, Enjoy the, enjoy the game. Sorry I can't speak to, with you later on, but um, you know, I'm sure I'll speak to you soon. God bless. Up the Spurs and up the bees. I'm being neutral. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you go, Chris Powell, talking about the bees, talking about Spurs, talking about the match between the two teams. Uh, that, was, uh, that was nice, wasn't it, Laney? Yeah, fair play to him. Um, he's, he's, he's obviously a nice guy. Um, um, it's, it's great to see him uh, involved at a, a very high level in, on the coaching side, as you say, at Spurs and England. Um, and it's good to know that he, he knows all about our players. Obviously, you know, you're right. We're we're on the we're fully on Spurs' radar, and I'm sure some of our players um, have been closely looked at by by them. Um, they're probably looking slightly. Um, higher up the food chain than Brentford at the moment, I would say Spurs. Um, but there's certainly one or two who could go in there and do a job. Um, and I think that's the most exciting thing for me about the game on Tuesday. Really, is obviously there's a chance we can get through to a major cup final. Let's not rule that out. Let's not forget that's a possibility. But it pits us against one of the most exciting 
well maybe not exciting this year the way they play but against one of the you know the the, the top six in the country and we actually stand a chance of, of of pushing them I'd say you know I think probably they're going to be too strong for us over over the course of the 90 minutes or extra time I think you know what seeing what they did against Leeds United and seeing um, you know what Spurs are capable of when they're at it and on it but I've also seen them a few times this season where they they're frustrating they're, they're, they are unpredictable um, and with um, Mourinho there you know he set them up to play this counter-attacking style and it might it might just suit us um, it just depends what team we put out and depends what performance we put in but you know we go there um, to a brand new stadium and every player that pulls on a Brentford shirt is going to want to really pull, put their heart and soul into the performance so you know it, it's a hugely it's a huge test but it's a hugely exciting uh, test as well and, and I think we could do quite well it is a hugely exciting test and as you heard Chris he pointed out the fact there it's going to be really gutted that unfortunately your North London fans and your West London fans can't be meeting up and going to the stadium and I think that's a testament to sort of kind of like you know how there are so many people in the game that actually are really in touch with what is really uh, important what what the, the important things about football you know I mean you know we keep talking about like you know Brentford have got a really good set of people in and around our club Thomas Frank I think is a fantastic manager and he's a really really lovely bloke and uh, and I think in Tottenham as well they've got a really fantastic bloke and I'm not saying it because he's my mate as well but Chris Powell he, he really loves his football he, he loves people and he knows what's you know he just he, he just like he, he's a good person for the game and I think that you know the game's really lucky to have people like like him about I mean I was lucky when I went up to St George's Park um, my daughter interviewed Harry Kane which is quite bizarre but she actually interviewed Harry Kane for the FA TV which is out there on YouTube and uh, Chris met us up there and he met my daughter who was really nice to her showed her around all around St George's Park and then introduced her to all sorts of England players like Harry Winks and sort of Trent Alexander-Arnold and everything like that and he didn't have to do it but he just went completely out of his way and I just thought tell you something you know top blokes are top blokes all the time so Tottenham are very lucky to have uh, Chris Powell in their ranks but doesn't matter because he's a Spurs fan actually and there's a big game on, so as mu- as nice as you may be, it's coming down to the real nitty gritty on Tuesday night because we want to win and they want to win. So tell you what we're going to do is that we need to find out a little bit more about Spurs and what's going down. So we thought we'll speak to Ricky from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. He's going to give us the lowdown of what's going down in Spurs. <laughs> Hi there guys, Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Well, Brentford in the League Cup semi-final. The draw that, I'm not going to lie, probably every single Tottenham fan would have wanted. It was the easiest out of the three teams left for us to draw. And I've got to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to be an easy game still. I think regardless of how much we might have wanted Brentford out of the teams remaining, I think Brentford are a very good team on the eye. They play bright, expansive football. They're a very good side at home from what I've seen. And, you know, although it's at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I expect Brentford to come and have a go. It's the biggest game of their season as well as Tottenham. There's a lot of hype around Spurs and Jose Mourinho being this is his second season. And he always wins a trophy in his first full season at Tottenham. And bearing in mind how last season was disrupted, this is Jose Mourinho's first full season. There's an expectancy. There's a pressure. It is now a case of where Tottenham fans are expecting Jose Mourinho to deliver trophies to the football club and this to be fair out of the four competitions we're in is the most easiest to navigate through 
to win a trophy. But that doesn't mean to say it's going to be easy. You know, we've still got Man City left in this competition. We've still got Manchester United still left in this competition. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the outcome of that game. But for this one, I think Spurs will field a mixture of a senior and fringe lineup. You've got the likes of Deli Alley and Harry Winks that haven't been playing regularly, although Winks has started the last couple of games. You then look at the sides where Spurs at the moment, Harry Kane, Hummin, Son, an absolute fire. Gareth Bale, to be fair, it hasn't been the homecoming that we've all wanted. It's been really, really blighted by injury so far. And it'll just be interesting to see what kind of 11 Mourinho puts out for this one. I think he expects and understands that the pressure is on him now to deliver a trophy. And the way that we went out of the cup competition last season, although Colchester granted wasn't under him, it was under Maurizio Pochettino, but the FA Cup to go out to Norwich on penalties with barely a single shot in that second half was so frustrating. And that's why I feel for Tottenham, this is the biggest game of our season. It can set a precedence for the rest of it. Spurs can pocket themselves a cup final to come in April. And it might just even give them the boost also in this January transfer window. So what am I expecting? I'm expecting to Tottenham to come out vibrant, taking the game to Brentford. They are the home side. Spurs, although it's been critical under Mourinho so far in terms of a style of football. I know that's one of the things that many people wanted to kind of address with Jose Mourinho is the brand of football, the style, what it's like. I think it's fair to say he will argue he plays what's called winning football. You look at his record so far, it's impressive. You know, his win ratio at Tottenham is right up there amongst the best Spurs managers. It really is. At the moment, Spurs are sitting there joint third, as I recall this with you. It could change dependent on Premier League results. But, you know, there's a real, real expectancy for Tottenham to go on now under Jose Mourinho and become a force. And, you know, he has had a lot of investment over the summer. We've seen Spurs bring in the likes of Sergio Reguilon. As I mentioned, Gareth Bowers come back through the door. We've seen Pierre-Emile Hoybier. We've seen... Matt Doherty come through. So Spurs have really spent their money. They've really tried to go out, improve the squad, strengthen the team and really try and reduce the gap between themselves, Liverpool, for trying to compete for the title. Although I think the title is beyond Tottenham this season from what I've seen so far, I think definitely the cup competition, Spurs have to be going out looking to prove a point. And they've got a great opportunity. You know, this one here, as I said, it's the easiest one to navigate themselves through to a final. That's no disrespect to Brentford at all, who will prove to be stern opposition. And it's been a while since the last time these two teams have met. But I do expect it to be a real, real exciting encounter. Definitely one for the neutral to enjoy. And as a Tottenham fan looking at this one, I think it'll be very interesting to see just how Spurs, as I mentioned, approach the game. I mean, we saw Brentford last season. They play out from the back. Lots of passing. You know, although maybe defensively struggled to break teams down, will that play into Spurs' hands? I'm not too sure. I honestly think, you know, Brentford have got nothing to lose in this game. And I do think they're going to come and take the game to Tottenham. And I think that is something for Spurs to be quite wary of. Um, we, have so, we have seen this season Spurs show... A defensive fragility. We've seen that from set pieces especially. Spurs haven't looked great from set pieces. They've conceded a hatful full of goals. So if Brentford are to get any luck, it will be airily, I do believe. You know, Spurs, We the majority of goals we've conceded so far this season have been so poor and have been journey from direct free kicks, corners. And that will be a worry to Jose Mourinho. It will be because I think Brentford will come and will contest every ball, contest every header. And, you know, I really do believe, you know, it's two teams that, for different reasons, see this being such a pivotal game for their season. So just to finish up, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham win. I am back in Tottenham to make a final under Jose Mourinho, a man that, as I said, has won so many trophies. And there'll be a belief there now that Spurs can go on. But this is a massive, massive game. So fingers crossed Tottenham can get over the line. Thank you for having the show. Best of luck for the season, guys. And take care. 
So there goes Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. And you listen, you're third in the league. You're going to be confident. You're, you've got the draw, which is probably the easiest draw as far as they're concerned out of the four teams in that hat. And, uh, you know, Spurs are going to be fairly confident of going through. But, Yellard, you've got a few little theories on this game, haven't you? Uh, well, I don't know about theories, but just I, I watch a bit of Spurs. Um, there's um, my other half, um, her family, they're all, they're all Tottenham fans. So I, I get to watch them quite a lot. Um, I, I, I think what worries me is that Mourinho has been brought into Spurs to get silverware. And let's be honest, their easiest route to silverware this season is to win this game um, and then get to the final and, and obviously win the final um, because there's only two games left. So that's an easier route than anything else and it will probably keep Mourinho in a job for next season. So that's what scares me um, because Tottenham are going to be up for this like you wouldn't believe. Um, I don't know when they last won a trophy, but um, I, I believe from a Twitter account it was quite some time ago. So, you know, I, I, that scares me a bit. The other thing is their squad is insanely strong. Um, you know, they, they pretty much have two players for every position apart from arguably centre-forward um, that, you know, can, can, can fit in and, and, and do more than the job for them in the league. They're going pretty well in the league. Um, and um, and I think probably what's really difficult about Spurs is breaking them down. I, did, I don't know if any of you watched the Leeds game at the weekend. Um, Leeds sort of threw the kitchen sink at them, to be honest, and they but they couldn't get within or hardly could get within 30 yards. There's there's literally always six players defending out wide. They have three players defending, sometimes up against one, maybe two. Um, they just seem they play this system, don't they? Where they have they obviously play four at the back, but then they have two holding midfielders. Um, and and that is basically their their base, and then everything that happens in terms of attacking is the four players um, further up the pitch, you know, um, who are essentially their attacking players. Not to say they don't work really hard too. So all their creativity happens further up the pitch. Um, Kane, well, we, what can we say about him? You know, he's he's you know he's got everything about his game. He scores goals. He provides assists. And Son worries me too. So, you know, they're a very, very, very strong side. Albeit, they're not necessarily the most exciting side to watch at the moment. You're right. You're right. But saying that, like, you know, like, I saw the Liverpool game. Like, I did see a lot of the Leeds match yesterday. Um, but the uh, just the, the Liverpool game up at Anfield just before Christmas. And it just showed you how devastating Spurs are on the break. You know, they lost the game ultimately in the last towards the last minute. But Spurs, they, they every time they came forward, it looks like they were going to score. So you can be camped in their area or camped just outside their box. And all of a sudden, you're, you're a goal down. And, and that's it. I mean, hitting us on the break, and I suppose you know, with the speed of players, you know, Son. I mean, he is just rapid, and you know, people are talking about him against uh, uh, Dalsgaard. You know, uh, are we going to have something to counter that up? You know, we're talking about doubling up. You know, what what, what is the situation? The, the thing about it is, for me, and I was thinking about this, is that the one plus side of it is that for us. There is no pressure. There's no pressure on us because no one expects us to win. You know, we see Glenn Hoddle the other day had pretty much written us off. I, I heard was it on TV on radio. He sort of said a few things, which was just like, you know, it's kind of all over for Brentford. You know, they, they didn't say that, but, you know, he said something like that. And I was just thinking that's quite a nice 
position to be in because previous to this because we've been doing so well no one's writing us off so we're going into games as being the favourites to games you know they expect us to win the league they expect us to win you know a lot of games at the moment now and it's a really weird position to be a Brentford fan to be going in and everyone expects you to win so it's really nice going into this Tottenham game being the underdog and you know if we lose I don't want us to lose 4-0 if we lose 4-0 that is just kind of what happens but on the flip side of it yes it's only one game you know, you take it to nil or take it to penalties, all of a sudden things might change. But also, you know, we do have a tendency when we're on our A game, if we can keep it tight, as Mr Push-Up Brentford said, we can also hit people on the break. And, you know, we've had a few players who are coming into their own as of late and you just never know, do you, Yellow? Yeah, no, it's true. And and we're going to go, like we said, you know, we're, not, we're having this podcast and we're not actually going to have much of a debate about who's going to play. On you know against Tottenham, uh, my assumption is we go full strength. Maybe the goalkeeper is a is something we can talk about. But um, I, I sort of think that the game that I saw, I think it was the game that I saw this season that made me think we could get something out of it was probably the Leicester Tottenham game. Uh, Leicester won it two nil. Um, I don't think we're completely dissimilar to Leicester in the way we play. We 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 are very quick on the break ourselves. Um, so you know it's not it's it, it's not a foregone conclusion this it's just going to be a very very hard game and and um and i think it's a bit of a shame that we don't come under into this game a under the radar or b with tottenham you know if we'd have played them earlier in the in the in the competition um i think you know they might have rested a few players here and there um so um but it's going to be yeah it's it's going to be hard work there's no doubt about it well, I mean, we're, we're equipped to be competing at the top end of the Championship. We're not quite equipped to be competing at the top end of the Premier League quite yet. But it's going to take a, f- a fair bit of uh, circumstances to go our way to, for us to, to, you know, to come away with a win. They're going to have to be really impotent up front, which is unlikely. And we're going to have to create chances and take them, or take them to penalties. Um, so we're going to need a, a, a heavy stroke of luck or, or Spurs to be way, way sort of uh, off their best. So. So, uh, you know, it doesn't mean we can't be positive, but we need to be realistic too. And talking about luck, of course, maybe we might need a little bit of luck. And who do you go to when, you, when you're talking about luck? We go to Will, the spreadsheet winker. Will Alsop is our stats expert as well. And he, ever since Nottingham Forest actually took the mickey out of Brentford fans for uh, loving their stats too much, we've come up with this little section of our podcast called the Spreadsheet Winker, where we actually do a stats lowdown on the opposition, on the games that we have played. And Will, the Spreadsheet Winker, has done his numbers on the Spurs. So, Will, tell us what you know about Spurs. Spreadsheet Winker, he's a winker, and it does seem good like it pretty well should be. Spreadsheet Winker, he's a winker, and he's always putting his So let's have a look at Tottenham Hotspur ahead of the B's first ever League Cup semi final on Tuesday night. They're a classic Jose Mourinho team, not blowing opposition away, but often grinding out narrower wins. This strategy has left them sitting third in the Premier League, mainly due to the goals of Harry Kane and Hyun Min Song. Together they make up 57% of Spurs XG and their reliance on these two to score goals is pretty massive. Looking at XG versus actual goals scored, Son has by far the largest overperformance in the league, with just 5.34 XG according to InfoGoal, yet 12 goals scored. Part of this is obviously due to his elite finishing skills, but it also means that he's been lucky to score that many so far. And defensively, Spurs often face more shots than their opponents, but are good at keeping those shots to low XG. 
They also tend to keep the percentages of counterattacks, corners and positional attacks of their opponents which result in shots lower than their own. This means that they are good at preventing shots and when the opposition does get one away it is usually of low XG. So I think this game rests on whether or not the Bees either get a goal before Kane or Son inevitably score or somehow contain them both and simply due to the quality gap between the Premier League and the Championship we will probably need to do both of these things to come out on top here. Preventing Kane from getting high XG chances and hoping that Son has an off day with his finishing from difficult positions inside the box are the keys to a win here. And hoping that we can utilise players like Canelson and Burma to carve out high XG chances for Ivan Tony, rather than just peppering the Spurs goal with low XG efforts, as most opposition they've faced this year have done. Still, it's an incredibly exciting proposition, and I'm really looking forward to the game. Come on, you bees! So there you go. Will the spreadsheet winker always comes up with interesting information? I mean, what I thought is interesting as well is like, listen, you know, we're in two different leagues, so it's quite hard to compare you like for like. I mean, Brentford obviously doing very well. We're top of the, the XG charts. If you believe that kind of stuff in, in, in our division, you know, we scored 36 goals, 33.1 XG is us as well. And Ivan Tony scored 16 goals with 13.01 XG. So some really good chances created there. Spurs have scored 29 goals, albeit in the Premier League 25 is their XG in the Premier League and their Son is their top scorer with 12 goals and 5.28 XG is his kind of XG you know, if you compare that to Tony 13.01 but like I said to you different levels but I think the point I'm trying to sort of make is that whatever we're doing we're still doing very well within the field that we're playing in and you know if we can get a little break you never know we actually might be able to nick something what do you reckon the Lard? We, we can nick something because we are very very good going forwards and we you know we've got Ivan, in Ivan Tony we've got you know a top marksman but we've also got other players that are coming into form and scoring goals I mean you would imagine that Canos Bremo and De Silva will all play they've all scored goals in recent weeks so you know we can score around the pitch it's not just Tottenham stop Tony we don't score so there is that um, so there's no reason I, I think we'll score on Tuesday night it's just a question of whether we can hold their attack and I think the Bournemouth game last week it showed that you know we we are capable of um, soaking up incredible pressure they, they, they put us under the cosh especially in that first 15 minutes and we were able to go a goal down and still have the wherewithal and the footballing, footballing ability and the attacking potency to, 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 to turn that game around I think this team this Brentford team doesn't know when they're beaten at the moment um, I think if we were to go a goal down, um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It w- they wouldn't derail us. But again, I think we need to be clued up enough that if we are to go a goal up, we need to just we need to concentrate for 90 minutes. This is this is a real test of our mental and physical strength, um, and you know it's going to be a nerve-wracking time. If it's a tight game, there's going to be a few chewed fingernails of it. I think what's interesting as well is that. Not since probably the first Chelsea game in the FA Cup where we played, I would imagine, a full-strength team. Um, This is the first time we've been able to throw the kitchen sink against a big club. In recent times, there's always been the league going on. We've always had another game to play within sometimes three or four days, sometimes six or seven days. I'm going to make an assumption none of the players that start Tuesday are going to play Saturday. So they've got a whole sort of ten days to recover. So we can throw the kitchen sink at this one. 
Indeed, and, 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 and us looking back at it, because it's interesting, you know, Matthew Benham sort of kind of turned the tide with Brentford round about 2010. It is when we were um, just come out of Division 4, as it was, gone into the third tier. And uh, in that year, we actually played Everton, beat them in the Cup, which is a fantastic night as well. That's in the League Cup. And then after that, we played Birmingham City, where 4,000 rabid fans went up to Birmingham because we hadn't played them for years. And they sort of kind of tried to reenact the rivalry from the 90s that we had with them as well. And Birmingham were really confused as to why these 4,000 rabid Brentford fans had turned up on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, you know, just singing them away. And we almost got that, you know, we almost got a win. 89th minute and then they equalised and then we went out on penalties and they actually went on to win the cup and that was a bit of a gutter that one but the reason why I'm bringing that up because I believe that is the last time we played a full strength Brentford team in the League Cup the year after that I think it was the year after that when Uwe Rosler came in we went up to Derby and they changed everything and then we, uh, we, we, we basically just had a complete B-string team went up to Derby got beaten 5-0 and ever since then we've never ever really played a full strength side in the League Cup because we felt that it's a, it's a cup that we need to rotate our players and we also need to concentrate on the league and for us in a way we've had many many debate on this podcast here about you know if Brentford starts to kind of disrespect the League Cup you know it's getting to that stage it's, it's getting to a sort of a slightly a bit of a sad state but the positive thing as I say is that it looks like fingers crossed um, albeit if we don't have any injuries this could be the first match in 10 years that we actually put out a full strength side for the League Cup and, and the Allard I'm just looking at this for Spurs you talked about how dangerous they are. I mean, their strengths, finishing, scoring chances. I mean, when they get the ball, bang, back of the net. You know, great at counter-attacking. Great at trading chances through individual skills. They've got some great skillful players. And their weaknesses, I mean, fouling in dangerous areas and protecting the lead. So if they go ahead, you know, that you know you might come back. But it's going to be a real tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I think we've already said it. You know, it's um, they, they create all their creation is, in, is pretty much in their front four. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got Kane and Son, who are probably the two most, two of the five most dangerous players in the Premier League attacking, I would say. You could put the Liverpool, um, you know, two of the Liverpool players in there as well. Maybe there's a couple of others around. Um, they are, you know, if they both play, it's, they're going to be hard to handle. There's no doubt about that. And when those, when they sort of get four running at you, and maybe you've only got four back. You might only have three back. It depends what your, you know, your, your right and left back are doing. Then it becomes, you know, that that's where Tottenham are super strong, and they don't all normally make bad decisions. No bad decisions at all. But I'll tell you something: who definitely doesn't make any bad decisions is JB Jonathan Burchill. He's our guy with stats and facts. He comes up with some proper left field stats and facts and he's got some league cup stats for us so listen jb let us know what you've got with your stats and your facts are you ready for this i told you it was coming Ooh, jb and he's ready to stock it to you one time hello jonathan virtual here again uh, the current team is in uncharted territory as we reach the semi-final of a major cup competition for the very first time one thing's for certain, we're not going to be the favourites given the other three Premier League teams left. Back in our first division days of 1937-38, after we beat Portsmouth 2-1 in the FA Cup fourth round, we were made joint favourites to win the FA Cup, along with Arsenal. Unfortunately, we didn't live up to that billing and lost in round six to the eventual winners, Preston North End. In the five games of our League Cup run so far, the starting 11 has been made up of 22 different players. 
Only Dominic Thompson has started all five, with Marcondes and Foss starting four, plus one as a substitute. Only Pontus has yet to make an appearance in this year's competition of our regular first-team starters. In many ways, 2020 won't be fondly remembered, but from a football perspective, in the calendar year we played 53 competitive games, the most since the 58 of 2013. But statistically, 2020 saw the second highest number of wins we ever had in a year, with 30. The record was 33 in 1991 under Phil Holder, which was also the year we played the most games, 66. So Jonathan Birchall, JB, with his stats and facts and uh, and the fact that we played 53 games in 2020, which is quite, quite a lot of games there as well, actually. Um, I'd say the Allard, I didn't ask you, though, do you, do you like a bit of funk, by the way? You have asked me, Bill, and I have sort of, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mind a bit of funk. I, you know, I'm, my, my musical tastes are pretty open-minded but i wouldn't say i was an expert in it okay well i'll just say listen every time jb comes on because you know that jb likes a bit of fun i know but we <laughs> i do know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to make sure that everyone feels comfortable with the funk so jb's oh i'm comfortable with it that's good so that's all good so listen the stats and facts of jb but listen just coming out of this we've got this game against tottenham on tuesday night and we've talked about their team. Their team is on the money. They are a very good team. They're third in the league. They, 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 they've got very fast players. They can hit us on the counter-attack. The, basically, the chances are we've got no chance of beating them. Um, but saying that, there is maybe one small possibility that we can nick it, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've got to kind of... You know, there's no way I'm going to write us off. You know, yeah, of course, we're all long in the tooth enough and sensible enough to realise, you know, what we're up against. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm not dreading it. Um, we've, we've, we've really excelled in this competition um, by, you know, by playing squad and rotating and, and putting out teams that were capable of getting through every cup tie. It's going to be fascinating to see the team that Thomas Frank picks... Team selection can be can be controversial, can be divisive. Um, I, I think he has to go strong. I, I, I'd be, you know, obviously I'd be really disappointed if he if he plays the fringe players in this one. You know, this is this really is, you know, this is a League Cup semi final now. This is this isn't this is more than just a cup run. This is like a chance to get to the first major cup final in the club's history. Dave, so, who do you think plays in goal? Oh, Raya. Raya has to play in goal. I mean, we, we just, we, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to knock any players, but Raya in every department is a better goalkeeper than Daniels. And that's not knocking Daniels. That is, he, he just is a better, you know, he is a better, better keeper. I think his distribution, the reading of the game, yeah, his, his, his weakness is sometimes he strays off his line or whatever, and he, he certainly won't. He'll be told in no uncertain no circumstances to, to, to not, not fanny around outside the box, I'd say. But um, yeah, no. To be, you know, as I just said, I'd, I'd be a bit head scratchy and a bit disappointed. Not angry, but I'd be disappointed if we don't field our strongest team. Yeah, I just, I just wonder if there's, if there's, if there's an arrangement with Daniels that he plays in goal for the cup games. That that's the only thing. But we have seen Ray already play in a couple of the League Cup games, albeit it was the opposite way round, because that was when Daniels was playing in the League games. Well, Daniels got a Middlesbrough game to look forward to on Saturday. That's, that's all I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
Yeah, even though Daniels, to be fair, he's he's pulled off some fantastic saves as well in the goal. So listen, if one or other in the goal, it's not going to be that that bad a thing. But Giselle, I'll just come back to you quickly. Team selection. Who do you reckon? I mean, going through the whole team, we say a lot of it picks itself. We know there's going to be Pontus Janssen and and and, and Pinnock in the middle. We've got Dalsgaard on the right and 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 Rico Henry on the left. It's in the midfield. Where do you yeah. reckon we should be going? Well, I think Yanel, um, uh, uh, Yanel or Norgard. I would say I don't think we'll play them both. Um, I think if we do, we maybe play a bit into Tottenham's hands because they're playing two. You know they're going to play two defensive midfielders. I'm almost certain. I, th- I I'm not sure we should unless we want to neutralise the game. I actually think we should trust ourselves. So Yanel or Norgard. Then I think it's De Silva and Jensen. Um, Bremo starts for sure. Tony up front, left wing. I guess it's Canos. That's our that's our first choice team in effect, isn't it? You know, which is which is good, which is a strong side, which is what we're wanting as bees fans. So we're going to go to them toe to toe, and you know, maybe we just want to nick an early goal and then just sort of take it from there. Depends how fit Norgard is, doesn't it? You know, it, it, it you know. I think Janelt's got the youth and he's got the legs and he, he's not carrying a knock. Is it better to kind of protect Norgard for the league league games to come? Um, you could argue that. I, th- I think he's more important to, to kind of put the, the cotton wool around considering he's been out so long and he's only come back and then he sort of like, you know, he, he limps, limps off during, you know, at the end of that game. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't think Norgard is at 100%. You know, the, the form he put in... Um, playing for Denmark against England, you know he, he was exceptional. You know, so we know what he's capable of, and if he if he's 100% fit and you know really strong and, and not fragile, then in playing. But I don't think that's the Norgard situation at the moment. Okay, so guys, I'm going to have to ask you to give me a score prediction. Go first, the Allard. Uh, Laney, no, you go first. <laughs> right, I'm going to go first. Go on, you I'm go, go first. Go first. N- nil all full time and then it's going to go to penalties and we win 6-5 on penalties oh you tease um, ok I'll go 3-1 Tottenham I'll go 1 all at full time and then Tottenham 3-1 so, well, I'll say 2-1 um, after extra time oh there we go so listen this is the besotted pride of West London podcast what I want to say is that you know everybody just enjoy yourselves Tottenham fans Bees fans, everything like that. This is a big moment for both of us, but we're in unprecedented times, as they say. So listen, you know, I'd love for us to win, but just whatever you do, just go out and enjoy yourself. What I would also like to say is I just want to give a few little big ups to some people who have supported us and uh, throughout the time, you know, as we say, Kofi is what we've been using for people to go and support us. And they bought us some beers over the Christmas period. Yadua and Connie, I think he's from Israel as well. Happy New Year's from Israel. A big fan of the podcast. I do not miss any episode. Keep up the great work and come on, you bees. Thank you, Yadua. Thank you very much there. Madraka bees back on the case again, which is great. Hook B again, back on the case. Keep up the excellent work, particularly like the new JB and spreadsheet winker segments. Happy New Year to the besotted crew and all fellow bees. Hook B, thank you very much for yourself. And also Henry Walker up there, up in Leeds, I think he is, up in Leeds, or Manchester, Leeds. He's up north. Happy Christmas, boys. Thanks for everything you've done this year, which has kept me sane. Very much appreciated. Big up to you, yeah, the Walker, cheers. as well. And Jack. Jack as well as well it all in there thank you for all your support it's great when you hear all your people who are listening to you who've just come out of the woodwork you don't know these people exist but it's great to know you're listening so thank you very much for your support but anyway big game on Tuesday night 
we're in the cup semi-final. We are Brentford and we're doing very well this season. And you never know, we may actually nick it against our North London rivals. Guys, are you up for this one? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. Bring it on. Absolutely bring it on. Yeah, I I can't wait. I am so looking forward to this. And um, I, I know I've given my score prediction, but we can nick this. We can nick this one. But as we say... Spurs fans out there, as you don't know, after River Pass, as we say, because it scares everybody as we say. Come on, come on, you come on, you come on, you bees. Let's come win on. the cup. Let's get some silverware. Let's do it. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.